0: You're listening to a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to gncast.com. We are the answers.
1: Welcome to the Elsoners, a production of Galactic Network. I am Gregor Sprague.
0: I'm Corey Scott.
1: And for all info on this show, including show notes and subscription links, go to Elsnerds.com And for other Galactic Network programs, go to gncasts.com.
0: On Elsnerds, we will tell you things that maybe will be surprising to you, unless you've watched the shows that we're going to talk about. Uh, so you might want to watch them first. And also, we have potty mouths.
1: Flush. <laughs> it's a potty bath all right so Corey, how you doing i'm keeping it together man yeah yeah that's just about how it goes um but oh so yeah i've got you know first week done at the new store or at the new job which is great and then but yeah so all that stuff is great and if, if i sound weird it's because i'm hearing myself through through a different way and it's throwing me but i'd rather have where i can hear myself versus not hear myself so it's, it might sound a little weird for you guys and i apologize but on to the news and the first bit of news is could supernatural end after 300 episodes now i personally don't watch supernatural um i know a lot of people who do and you know great it's a it's a great show i'm pretty sure of it um it's got you know it's it's already had 241 episodes and um and you know they've gone through what 12 seasons now you know they're going to be going into their 13th i think possibly one of the last wb shows still on the air um so i mean there's you know great things to be said about the show, but you always run into this question is it time for it to end? And uh, Jensen Eccles, who plays uh, one of the Winchester brothers, uh, I apologize, I don't know which one, I think it's Dean, it's just me, my guess he plays Dean Winchester. Um, he said that, um, that 300 episodes sounds like a good number to work for and um actually no, i don't think they're they're at, hold on i gotta do some searching now because the article doesn't sound right like it's matching with where it's going but so what, what do you think what do you think Corey? i mean
0: uh well like you i'm not oh. i'm not a supernatural watcher and it's not because i'm not interested in the show i watched the first episode or two when it launched and it's a it's a perfectly good show of the time that it came out and I think that it's done really well by building and retaining its fan base and it's one of those things that I think as it went along it got better at um, not overcomplicating what the show was about like it started out probably a little bit more CW or WB and became less of that theme and got to do sillier things. It, it added cast members um, who are like a big portion of it. It started playing around with some of the things of like, uh, Oh, we'd really like to ship this guy with this guy. And so let's see what happens if we do that. And I think that that's kind of what it is, is it plays with what the fans expectations are. And it, it doesn't just, screw them over like what some people were complaining the hundred did last season uh it it's like oh yeah let's see if we can do something with that let's see if we can make that happen and uh, I think that that's smart so the question always is when does a show hit its limit and when should a show bow out now these are these are people who were young actors when they started but now they're they're not not young i mean compared to me they're still pretty young but uh (laughs) these guys one of them transferred over from the first season of smallville over to this um they were they were just like a couple of guys who got you know relatively lucky getting the show and having it take off and last and i don't know that it was hugely popular i think it's always one of those things that for a while it was surprising when it came back but it's always been solid enough in the ratings to never really get a question of like, oh yeah, they'll they'll bring back Supernatural again. Um, I, th- I
1: think what it, it was with that is, it started out slow. Well, not like 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 more of a there's a few people who like it, um, but you know just barely squeaking by. And now it's one of those shows that it's 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 a, it's a temple for the CW in all in all respects you know, where CW has, you know, the superhero shows, you know, the Flash, Arrowverse, but then at the other side of it, they have Supernatural and that's been, you know, they've, they've done other supernatural vampire shows that have come and gone.
0: Well, I mean, it's funny because when new shows come out that are of the same, like everybody goes, yeah, but it's just like Supernatural. I mean, that was one of the problems that people had with Constantine uh last season was the fact that it's like oh so it's it's like supernatural why wouldn't I just watch that yeah why wouldn't I just watch that well I can tell you why I don't watch it um and that's because it's at 250 something episodes so far 241
1: and... they're on season 11 this year I believe
0: I think they're starting season 12 Um okay yeah they're starting season 12 yeah, season eleven just came out on on DVD. Uh, that's that's yeah. hugely intimidating. Now you can say the same thing about things like Doctor Who, but Doctor Who, I came into <laughs> with a new Doctor. I came into the Matt Smith era, and while I stuck around for part of the 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 stuff after him, it, it just it I it lost its appeal for me. But you can definitely say, well, there's so much Doctor Who that if you're a real Doctor Who fan, then you know all this stuff. And if you want to jump in, do you feel intimidated by the fans because they know everything and you don't know nearly as much? Uh, or is it easier for you to just go fucking watch Sherlock? Yeah, it, it, it might be. It might be easier to watch Sherlock. It might be easier to watch a canceled season of Constantine as opposed to trying to catch up with. Uh, where supernatural is. but if they if they yeah. know their business then they make it easy enough to jump in any new season that starts. Uh, and it it's certainly something that because of the people that I know that love it uh, and my respect for them that I want to check out the show and there's people on there that I really like. Mark Shepard has become a regular on the on the show and Mark Shepard has been in like all types of genre shows you can think of going back to he played Badger and Firefly he was recurring. Uh, he was Sterling on Leverage. He's just done so much stuff. He was in the season of uh, Torchwood. I think that was on. Star- no, no, he was in. He was in Doctor Who. Uh, he oh was, yeah, yeah. He the, they killed Hitler. <laughs> I want to say it was,
1: it was before. I think it was before. Oh, that he one. was in the
0: one with the silence. He was the American guy yeah, that came he, hanging out with him.
1: Wait, I think I think I'm thinking of a different person then, because he was the. Um, he, for a while was the voice of bbc america when that when they would do their promos and stuff but he if, if it's the guy i'm thinking of he was the the government agent for for america but to me he sounded british I'm like wait why does this american dude sound british he's got that but kind that of raspy deep...
0: voice yeah yeah that um you know, fake American It like house, uh, but he's, he's <laughs> done. I mean, you just go through his, his listing. He's been on like every freaking genre show you can find yeah. Uh NCIS. He's been a regular in 24 battle uh, Battlestar Galactica dollhouse. I, the guy is like, when you talk about these types of shows,
1: he's, friends, with he's J- done J- J- let's just put it that way
0: uh, among others. I, and, and he's, he's talented. <laughs> yeah. He, he just plays a compelling character. And I think he found, a good character to play and Crowley on the show. Um, I I just, but anytime you're in something for this long, obviously your first instinct is all right. Well, can we last longer than all the other shows? Can we be the one that beats it out? It's like, no, the Simpsons has fucked that up for everybody. Uh, So it used to be, Oh, we've got to beat cheers or we've got to beat mash. Uh, Now we're long past either of those things really being that, giant of an accomplishment because the simpsons has done it uh south park has kind of done it too so so at this point it's like all right well we just get to we get to a moment where the story has reached a solid enough conclusion and we as actors want to move on we're we're ready to go We're, we're ready to not be on the show week after week which is not to say that they don't still love it but it's kind of Maybe we get to try the next thing now.
1: Yeah. And also to point out some people who have been on on Supernatural. Um, one who's in in the genre, you know, he's he for a lot of it, he's a genre actor. Um and also a side note, he was in one episode of Shame of Shameless before being recast by Dermot Mulroney, and that's Jeffrey Dean Morgan um played the Winchester's Play dad. dad. So he, yeah. Yeah.
0: And I was always kind of and disappointed so, because the Winchesters are named Sam and Dean. And so I thought for sure he was going to be named Frank. Uh it just <laughs> it just seemed like a perfect <laughs> rat pack kind of thing. But uh yeah. yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was something they weren't really quite going no, with the same. Yeah, I,
1: just, I, I honestly agree with you with, with what you said about the whole this about this whole thing. Is it used to be let's let's last longer than insert show here, who's been on for a long time. And to me, it seems like a, a lot of shows have been like, well, let's get to 10 seasons or, you know, get to a hundred episodes so so that we can get this syndication." But now it's, it's sort of become this, let's make it long enough. Let's, let's, let's hit this fine line to where we're not going so far past the, the point the jump to shark the moment so the moment where it quits being good and or it, it ends up being like a zombie show like uh, uh Graham Lineham the creator of the it crowd has said has stated as to why it's um why they they did how many you know why they did how many seasons that they did of the it crowd and it's the same it's the same thing it's some process it's you know do you know go until you're good but don't keep doing the same things over don't overstay over.
0: your welcome is yeah. is essentially what it is is you want to yeah. everybody wants to go out on top uh some people will will milk, milk something well past the time that it's not worth it anymore uh or sometimes you'll get a disappointing last season you'll go okay yeah this is great i love the show or you'll get a last few seasons like how i met your mother which just in my opinion went too long trying to prolong the mystery of who the mother was that by the time they got around to telling us who it was, uh, we had, I had completely burnt out on it. I remember when we were doing what we're watching weekly with Glenn and I announced that I was done with the show. And he's like, how are you done with the show? Don't you want to stick around when they finish it off in the next season and a half? He's like, they, they pretty much announced that they, they know the ending. I'm like, that's great. Fuck them in their ending because (laughs) at this point in time they've made the characters unrelatable and uninteresting. I can't hack being a part of this group anymore that I loved for the first couple of seasons and I look forward to seeing all yep. the time. And now it's like it's on in syndication all the goddamn time and I can't fucking work up even one iota of interest in it. It, it just, yeah. it beat the shit out of me as a viewer <laughs> that I was like, uh, happy fuck you to you guys at CBS. And then they tried to do a spinoff with whole new characters and doing how I met your father and that did shit. And I can tell you it's probably because nobody gave a fuck, especially after the last season where they just like, Hey, by the way, we're going to tell you who the mother is, but really fuck you. Fuck you in the asshole watcher. um, Yeah. Cancer. Fuck you. And it goes back to being Robin again. So like I said at the beginning, spoilers, but if that's a spoiler for you, um, nothing's more spoiled than the kick of the nuts of that show was by the end of it
1: that's yeah where you go from you realize you go from the having basically the first season would be all that show needed you know you make robin the mother you do all this other stuff as opposed to what it turned out to be of let's tell the, the my kids in and and thank god they covered their ass with this show and we've gotten off topic but i don't care to cover enough to where they had um oh i can't think of the names but the the kids they had them go wait a minute and do what everyone is thinking of you just told us in almost graphic detail your sex life so you could go and, and and get back together with Aunt Robin. you know the 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 not real aunt, but you know aunt in the sense of oh, we've been friends forever. so they're your kids are like my my nieces and nephews sort of thing.
0: Yeah, I mean that
1: bullshit right there.
0: We've talked before about how I have an issue with on the CW, superhero shows, how they introduce the love interest in the first season, the unrequited love interest, but is who the person's supposed to be with. So on Green Arrow, yeah. of course, he's supposed to be with Black Canary. Uh, whoever the Black Canary is, it's supposed to be Green Arrow and <laughs> Black Canary, because that's what it is in the comics. Yeah. <coughs> Sorry, I've got a cough that won't go away. Um, go away and, then on, and then on The Flash... The, the same thing they introduce iris at the very beginning and it's like okay so he's got to be with iris at some point because that's the whole premise of his like unrequited love and the build up to these things and then what happens is so every other relationship that gets introduced along the way is either in the way of that um and it's like get those fuckers out of here or <laughs> there's all these stupid steps that are, they make the characters act ridiculous to each other so that you wind up hating the the love interest, or you wind up hating the main character for how they're acting around the love interest. You're like, why the fuck is this going on? Who the hell is Felicity Smoke? And I don't I don't even know why is he dating Wally's wife in this episode. That makes no sense at all. Um, and so <laughs> it it's a challenge, and it's a it's a pretty dumb way to start your fucking show to say these two people wind up together. But How I Met Your Mother, that was pretty much the premise of the show, is I'm going to tell you how I wound up with your mom, uh, but just kidding, I'm not going to tell you who your mom is until much, much later. They're your fucking kids. They know who their mom is. Uh, So at some point, they're just going to go, Dad, all these bitches you were talking about, none of them are mom. So (laughs) I got a fucking PlayStation 9 upstairs, uh, I've, I've got friends, maybe. I've got some sort of teleportation unit so I can go to Mars. Because <laughs> I'm assuming that it takes far enough in the future that this is when this happens. Um, can you just not right now? Uh, I Personally, I wish she had lived and you had died because she knew when to shut up. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it lost the goodwill of the audience. And as... As uh, Jensen Ackles and um, uh, Jared Padalecki yep. are, as they're looking at the show, they have the goodwill of the audience. They've retained the goodwill of the audience through eleven seasons so far, and that's amazing, you know. And that that's just the actors, and obviously the writers, the producers, directors of the show. All of that has somehow had this great longevity. And so it's a good idea to know when you're out is. And I love a show that knows when to conclude. But this mm-hmm. show is not built on a simple, like we've got this one premise that it's about. It is obviously, it's a premise of two brothers who fight supernatural crimes, entities, things. And that's that's it. But there's so many ways you can go with that. That's like seven seasons of Buffy and five seasons of Angel. There's There's not a shortage of stories that you can tell it may start to feel a little repetitive if, you, if you're if you not careful, but when you introduce guest stars and you introduce new themes and stuff and you change this, like, well, they went from fighting demons, but now they're fighting angels, and how does that change things up? I, I think that that's all smart, but to say, yeah, all right, we, we want to get to a big round number. It will feel like a huge accomplishment. We're obviously going to cut some great checks from the syndication rights, and this will play all there fucking day and night on yeah, it'll play all night on TNT and all these other stations. Um, and that's great. But realistically, to just say we want to finish strong so that there's never that disappointing season of why didn't they end this before? It's like the fourth season of Arrested Development was not well received. Mm-hmm. Um because it was trying to recapture a magic that was so well-loved by that point. Like it wasn't well-loved when it was on because I was the only motherfucker that was watching it, but everybody watched it on Netflix. Like this is fucking amazing. They've got to bring this back. And then they bring it back and it's like, Oh, well shit. They didn't know what the fuck they were doing for this season. Did they
1: wait? Is wait fourth season. Is that the Netflix season?
0: That's the Netflix season.
1: Yeah. That's I, I didn't mind it, but I think I went into that one. Um, I I th- I think I had went into that one without seeing the stuff beforehand or had seeing it recently enough
0: which is just I mean take a gun to your head because that's just fucking stupid.
1: <laughs> hey, 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 keep in mind you're also talking to the dude who read the com- the Firefly comics. Right, or are you
0: watched you watched surrender. Serenity before you watched Firefly and I gave you no, a lot no. of fucking shit about that.
1: No, it it wasn't that. It was it was. I had watched Firefly. Had not watched Serenity, but was reading the comics, which take place after Serenity.
0: I seem to remember giving you shit that's about you watching. Shit. I, I seem to remember giving you shit about watching the movie first. I'm like, you motherfucker, why would you? Why would you do that? Um, <laughs> it, right, it's like so, watching Fire Walk with Me before watching Twin Peaks itself, and and yes. chronologically, that's the order they take place in. But don't fucking do it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, but so good on them. Good gears. on them for for yeah. you know very likely hitting 300 episodes, because uh, it seems very achievable, and it seems like that's a that's a good plan.
1: Yeah, yeah. So changing gears, you mentioned Doctor Who before, and so we have a story about it. This is coming from Bleeding Cool, and that's the Lost Doctor Who episode, The Power of the Daleks, is coming back as an animated feature. Now, this is pretty cool because uh, a little bit of backstory for you guys here, folks. The BBC, back in the day, didn't give a shit about keeping f- the TV shows or anything else aired. Uh, a lot of times, like Doctor Who, it aired one time and then they the tapes went somewhere to Albania or... You know some other place that's where you've seen you've heard of the doctor who lost tapes um and now there's um and the link will actually have a quick preview of this but but with this episode one of the things that are this uh it's not an episode but it's 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 like a little this storyline um they recorded yeah or or as beatmaster putting out Sometimes the BBC simply recorded over the same tape, um, which is because
0: tape was how, expensive.
1: Yeah, well, tape was expensive, and there was also really cheap bastards at the BBC. That's why we almost also lost money Python. You know, like because you know Flying Circus that was that was almost all gone until someone realized as they were getting ready to hit record, like, wait a minute, we might want that tape. I mean, just think
0: about the opposite side of it, though, uh, because we've heard Leo at Twit talk over and over again about all the old episodes of the original screensaver series that were on tech TV and how those things are just sitting in a basement somewhere and he's been trying to get the rights to them because they're not doing dick with them, but they're holding on to them like fucking sadists. Just like no, uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna do anything with this. But fuck you anyways, because uh, we're not gonna let you have it to do something with. Uh, you're the only one showing the interest, and your audience would probably love it, and so we can make some money off of it. But we're just gonna spite your ass, and uh, we're just gonna go over to the tapes yeah. and just write down attack the show on all of them, and uh, give you a little finger <laughs> in the air, and, and just like you know, just because we're dicks, because we're fucking dicks is what we are. <laughs>
1: And we're back for the audio listeners there. Um, so, like I was saying, um, and thank you. Oh, hey, we got Levi in the chat Oh as, shit. as well. Yeah, we got we got Levi and an iHeartBrew crew um, going out, er, joining us in there. Hey, welcome, guys.
0: Knowing um, that people were intense. actually paying attention,
1: I would have tried to be more entertaining. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, Mm, failed. Like okay. I said, this is the <laughs> Yeah. Um, this is the first full appearance of Patrick Troughton um as a doctor, and it takes place on the planet Vulcan, not the Star Trek one, but a different Vulcan. And he the Doctor must confront the Daleks. And the, the cool part about this whole thing is um the new version has been produced by the team behind the highly successful animation of Lost Dad's Army episode stripe for Frasier under the direction of Charles Norton and comic book artists, Martin Garrity uh, and Adrian Salmon provided character designs. And I watched the 25 second uh, preview, a tr- uh, preview thing that they have. And it's an awful lot like the, or, or a very similar animation style to the, how it should have ended videos, but better. You know, it's not that shitty sort of like low rent budget or low rent animation stuff. You know, no offense to him, but, you know, it, it looks pretty, but, th- it, but this is cool because um, and, and so here, if you're here in America, I should point out that the, the story will debut on BBC America the following week on, or so on December, November 12th, and the next day will be available to stream on. The BBC America website and mobile apps, and we have no idea yet on when it will be, when it will be on DVD. But and it will premiere on, or it will be released on the BBC Store on Saturday, November fifth at five fifty PM, to commemorate the to the minute fiftieth anniversary of the original show's airing, or the original show's airing.
0: Acknowledging that your show has been around for 50 years and fucking doing something for it, that's yeah. an amazing thing. I wonder if <laughs> other shows, specifically in the sci fi <laughs> genre, would think to do something for their 50th anniversaries. Um, but we
1: released a movie.
0: Anything, any fucking thing for the day. <laughs> Uh, Not even to the exact second, because that may be a little extreme. Just one fucking smidgen of acknowledgement (laughs) that this phenomenon that's been around for 50 fucking years... In multiple incarnations might mean something to the fucking fans who open their wallets back to you on a continuing basis and buy your merchandise and see your shitty reboots and fucking are waiting on bated breath with balls out for your show to start on your fucking premium subscription bullshit channel. We don't give a fuck why. Just try to throw a fucking bone. Fucking a! Oh <laughs> could, anybody, and... could anybody possibly fit in that category? Oh fuck! I speak, of course, of the Man from Atlantis, starring Patrick w. Um <laughs> Oh god!
1: Now I need to single out this audio. Now, going off that
0: like... I, that whole rant yeah. there, though, um, considering Star Trek's previous foray into animation Uh, maybe it's better if we don't
1: well see you were asking for a Star Trek let's let's reanimate the original pilot and then air the exact moment or really sitting the exact moment on uh, on you know cbs.com or what the fuck ever they would do but because you're while I was oh god hold on Maybe that's better i needed something to because oh, i started choking i was laughing so hard um but no it's it's a great point you're, you make there i mean we are in this time right now like it's wonder woman's 75th anniversary it's captain america i think it's just ended his 75th anniversary you know all these big anniversaries in nerd culture and this is so far the coolest one of airy or releasing now it would have been cool if they aired it on bbc one or you know bbc two or whatever like that day like you know at at 5 55 or at 5 50 p.m it's now dr who the power of the daleks enjoy you know that sort of thing but this is still cool you know <laughs> we're gonna get this and but i i honestly i recommend you go check out uh, our show notes it'll have the link for, um, the, the link for the Bleeding Cool article that has the the twenty five second preview, and it looks pretty cool to be honest. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right, the next story, um, Flash Thompson will play Dead or God damn it, Flash Thompson will play Deathstroke in the Batman movie. Um, I I worded it that way because everyone knows Joe manganello from. True Blood or uh, Magic Mike but a now, lot of people seem to forget only
0: the first episode and the last episode of True Blood and I can't quite remember if he was in either of those so I don't <laughs> know if I know him for that or not
1: actually if I remember correctly and this is just from like watching him on like Fallon I don't think he was in the last one oh he was in the last one okay Um, but it's But, anyways, everyone knows him as you know from being those two big roles, you know, where he's, you know, big and buff, and you know, take stripping his clothes off and all this stuff. But I like to remember him from being Flash Thompson, excuse me, Flash Thompson on Spider Man, the Sam Raimi Spider Man movies, and really. But it's yeah, he was Flash Thompson on in the Spider Man movies and the Spider Man trilogy.
0: No recollection at all. I mean, and. Um, and it's funny because they've been playing Spider-Man it. 2 on on uh, oh, Cinemax lately. And I keep going, oh, yeah, Spider-Man 2. I really enjoyed that. I probably shouldn't wait, watch Spider-Man. it and fuck it up. Spider-Man, uh, the the, okay, the so in my opinion, on. the best of all the Spider-Man movies. Now, I haven't seen Amazing Spider-Man 2 and I haven't seen yeah. Spider-Man 3. Because I know uh, not to slam my dick in a door. Uh, um, so it, it just... <laughs> At some point, my mom said, hey, quit putting your hand in the fire, you dumb shit. You're going to burn yourself and make yourself miserable." <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's that's a good lesson to learn, and I wonder if I can apply that to terrible superhero movies somewhere down the road. And fortunately, I've been given multiple opportunities. Um,
1: yeah. So, yeah, he I also... No, but also no, no, yeah. He also joins a... I I, and I can't remember exactly I know he's he joins with this movie a distinct person who has been in, in a small category of people who have been in both a Marvel DC, or a Marvel comic book movie and a DC movie you know playing different characters because Ben Affleck was Daredevil um and I'm trying to think of I, I think there's another one that I can't think of right now that was in both a Marvel and a DC movie. And that's cool. I, I like seeing that stuff. But it, this has well, been... Well, we know that J. Jonah Jameson from the Spider-Man movies is... Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. James Gordon. Yeah. Uh, there's another one right there. You know, he's... As you just mentioned, Um, we'll, we'll just make sure, Commissioner Gordon, that everything goes his tempo. Um, That's a... Oh, God, I can't think of the name of the movie. A whiplash joke right there for, for you folks. Uh, but Ben Affleck has been teasing for a while now that the that you know while they're working on Justice League, he's also been working on Batman. He's writing Batman with Jeff Johns. Um he's <clears throat> excuse me, he's doing you know, he's getting that all set up. And they teased his villain. And at first it was it was just the armor of Deathstroke and now they have it they 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 just announced it like this weekend that it's Joe Manganiello and i'm like this is pretty good casting this is honestly one of the castings to 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 nerd out a little bit joe manganiello i i see this being a really solid casting choice because of the fact that he looks like slade wilson you know like the only other one i could see would be um the dude from uh from the from Avatar, and he's in. He's the main. He's the blind guy in that horror movie coming out this like really soon.
0: Uh, it's already out. It's, um, it's been going for a little while. Don't breathe. Yeah. Um. He. Yeah. Don't breathe. Which is, I mean, he's also working really hard. That guy, uh, Stephen Lang, I think, is yeah, working Stephen really Lang. hard to try to win the cable role for yeah. uh, Deadpool, uh, which is. Funny because uh, fair or not, there is always comparisons between Deathstroke and Deadpool uh, that people make, mm-hmm. and to see two people who you know could easily play one or the other, and and have them be obvious choices for for one role or the other role is is yeah that makes a certain degree of sense. I. I don't know. I mean, sorry, I'm
1: laughing because something else.
0: (laughs) I don't know enough about Joe Manganiello's acting uh, because I really have not seen him in much of anything. But he's he's everything I've seen him as himself in, like when he's just talking to people, when he's being interviewed. He's got a good sense of humor. Obviously, doing the Mm -hmm. the Magic Mike movies. He's got a a good outlook on on being in things. I guess he was in the last season of How I Met Your Mother, so fuck you for that. But I don't know. I I guess it's it's perfectly okay. It's just... I think it's really funny that at this point in time we're talking about Deathstroke in the Batman film being the, the main Batman villain when so much was being said uh just a couple months ago of Jared Leto just like he was just dying to to wind up in the Batman movie and now he's pretty much washed his hands of anything to do with with being the Joker or being with DC at this point because he's so hurt and pissed off that they edited him the fuck out of the the (laughs) the Suicide Squad film in such a way um that that we're we're looking at something completely different i i think that deathstroke is one of those characters that if you want to see a duel between a hero and an anti-hero towards a villain or whatever that's he's a pretty good matchup for batman uh, but he's also he's done so much in other things i would have I mean, it's it's kind of hard to say because I don't really know what's going on with the Cyborg movie uh, or if there's going to be a Cyborg movie or if rumors have said that maybe they'll turn it into a Titans movie instead. It seems like Deathstroke is something that because of his history with the Titans, you would have given to Cyborg because that would have made the Cyborg movie more interesting. Because I got to still say Cyborg is a boring ass character. I think he's great as part yeah. of the team but the only incarnation of a cyborg I ever gave a shit about was the teen Titans cartoon Uh, in the comics. Mm -hmm. I think he's just dead weight in the justice league. I don't think he's proven to be a worthwhile addition, certainly not a worthwhile replacement for Martian Manhunter uh, as part of the team. And I don't know, I, I haven't seen anything interesting so far, but we've only seen like a couple clips of him here and there in the, the previews for the justice league film and like being, kind of put together on a table in some weird video clip that Batman found or was given to him that he obviously did no detective work to get. Um, yeah. I just, yeah, I guess it's cool. And, and certainly to see these two actors of, of a certain physicality and stature going up against each other could, could work really well but I don't know. It, it just, I still haven't gotten to the point where I'm excited over the, the Warner cinematic universe for the superheroes yet. I know that they, that Jeff Johns has said, we're going to, we're going to lay back and, and, and not be so grim and dark and everything anymore. And, and certainly the preview that I saw for justice league looked a far cry better Than what i've seen so far but i'm still waiting for that moment of like here's where it clicks and i i hope wonder woman does that because i want wonder woman to be a huge success but it just it's still like it's too soon to tell with any of this yeah so right now it's it's a cool casting it's a potentially cool character but it still depends on what they do with it
1: yeah and it's 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 one of those things that i feel weird about because with Batman, it seems like they might start contradicting themselves and where they're wanting to go because you're like, oh, we're, we're wanting to be lighter and all this stuff. And ba- Batman, I think, has worked best when he's been dark. You know, I mean, I don't know how he's the dark knight, but.
0: Uh, see, but- I see. Think, I think the Batman works in, in a potentially, yeah, in a dark environment and certainly with more mature, darker themes. But I like a little bit of lightheartedness to it. There's a reason why the Burton films work so well, because they they worked in just enough comedy to alleviate the audience from just sitting there and watching vile stuff happen and people punching each other for two hours. I mean, the punching each other stuff is cool, but by the time you get to four, five, seven, ten movies of it, it, it's Mm -hmm. too much now you can go way too far in the wrong direction and we'll call that wrong direction Schumacher. But when you, when you come back around, I think that there's a tentative balance between having a character with some life and some humor. And I think Bale did that really well. I think that there were enough beats in, in Bale's Batman, certainly in Batman begins where you could get some comedy out of it. You could get that wry sense of humor in uh, the things, especially the things that he would do with either Alfred or with uh, with Fox, uh, that they they were, their interactions together worked really, really well. And it took some of the heat away from the more violent things of going up against. Rash al Ghul or Two-Face or whatever. I mean, the Joker was comedic but horrific at the same time. I think that was just a perfect balance to lay, but that's what the Joker should be. Yeah. Uh, And I think that that's kind of part of what was missing from Leto's Joker, is that he he wasn't really funny or interesting. He was just in makeup and tattoos, really bad tattoos. Mm
1: -hmm. No, yeah. So... We'll see how this goes as as you know, time as time goes on. The I also last... want to give
0: props to Joe Magnello, though, because he is apparently the voice of Hefty Smurf in the filming currently filming Smurf's movie. and uh that that's awesome. you go, yeah. You're playing a Smurf. You're a cool dude. Yeah.
1: no, yeah. um, so the final piece of news is that. And also, Evan's pointing out that Joe Manganello was in the Netflix Pee Wee uh, Herman movie. Um, but the last bit of news is that BBC just lost one of its biggest shows. Now, I'm not talking about Top Gear because they still have Top Gear, um, even though such as it Grand- is. Yeah, such as it is, even though the Grand Tour is beginning soon. Um, but the the staple, one of the staple shows. On there with the Great British Bake Off is leaving. BBC effort completes this series, and I'm going to say series because it's a British. I'm talking about a British show. Um, and it'll be going to Channel Four next year. Um, with it and all of its, they're talking about doing other things. It's a, it's a three-year deal. Um, that Love Productions, the company behind Bake Off, made, and it sounds like. It, it, this is honestly a smart choice for, for Love Productions and for, you know, the great or for Great British British Bake Off because they uh, they wanted from the BBC they wanted the corporation to pay uh, twenty five million pounds a year to hold on to the to the baking show, and I guess the BBC countered with uh twelve million over which is. I believe double what their budget is right now, but twenty five million is like triple or something like that. If I remember from reading the
0: quadruple. If 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 they're at six million now, um to double the twelve million, then they would be quadrupling as a four four twenty five. Yeah.
1: And so there's um and and there's also I guess they uh, Love Productions had uh rejected bigger offers from both Netflix and ITV and they did that st- cuz they wanted to stay on the the freeview platform that um that the, that England has so to explain that for the american viewers um th- the british people they pay a tv tax a tv license tax and w- uh, this tax they get every if they have a tv in the, in their house they have to pay the tax and so, with this, they get access to the BBC. It's also part, and partially funds the BBC, ITV, I believe Channel Five, and a few other stations with it for free. It's well, with paying their tax. Um, to get any other channels, that's you, you know, you pay. They pay their cable network. You know, they pay their Virgin Media or their um, uh, Sky Media. You know, you know whatever the cable companies that are that are over there. And ITV is in the pay bracket; it's in the cable company bracket, so they want it. And Love Media wanted to make because they get killer ratings. Um, there, the this article gives me from the Telegraph, uh, from Telegraph.co.uk. They give the ratings for the first three episodes, and the uh, for this season or this series of British Bake Off, and the first episode had ten point three four million. Uh, viewers then 10.1 and 9.7 for episode 3 you know it's a decline but still that's for for England No, it's a
0: very good hold from first and third episode
1: yeah that's that's great numbers right there and so that's also because I believe you know because they're on Freeview it's essentially like you know NBC CBS you can get those with an over the air antenna
0: yeah and I mean we're looking at right now the the current season of Big Brother is about to finish off. I don't know what the numbers are for the series for this season, but mm-hmm. their next season they're planning on doing again on their premium uh rental like their their mm-hmm. version of Netflix that yeah. that CBS is doing. And it's going to be a question how many people are going to go from watching this live on regular TV, which you can get for free over an antenna or you get with your basic cable package, your basic direct TV package to paying the eight bucks a month or whatever it is to get the CBS streaming service. And I guess you can kind of maybe make a case. Well, we get this many people who pay for the big brother behind the scenes stuff, the after dark, uh, those kinds of things um, already. So if we just get those people to, to pay for the new service, then that will do it. Um, or maybe more people will switch over to it because of whatever other content they're going to have on there, uh, like the Star Trek program, or because it's going to be the whole show. It's not just going to be after-hours stuff. But it it's it's kind of an experiment to see, does your audience follow? How much of your audience follows? How much of it pays itself back by doing it that way. Or is your audience going to be pissed because there's going to be this whole season that for the most part they won't be able to see without paying a premium subscription? Uh like Brad from Galactic Radio, uh who mm-hmm. who, who said who, multiple times who, who had a Corey rant. I, he apologies. had a Brad rant. He his his rants are <laughs> of a different level. Uh he he's just very pissed off. It's like so you're going to show me an episode on regular TV, and then you're expecting me to go over to the subscription model that I don't want, uh, and that's the only way I'm going to be able to get it. Well, then I'm not watching your Star Trek show. And for mm-hmm. Brad, who is a lifelong Star Trek fan, that's a big statement. That's a big deal. Now he's he's taking a stand that a lot of people maybe won't take, but if enough people do, and enough people feel betrayed then that's an experiment that can blow up in their faces and i think it's a yeah. pretty big risk on uh, it but that's what it is it has to be a big risk you have to do something really huge to get people to do that the first time and a, a property like star trek would do that maybe a big brother would do that but i can and- see why the the great british bake off why they wouldn't want to make that leap they want to keep it where their audience already is yeah
1: yeah and the but the other thing though is there's a couple other things in here that are interesting and it's said that the BBC is understood to have a one-year holdback clause that prevents its rivals from airing the standard version of the baking show for a year after the current season ends. However, they might waive that. And also it's, we don't know if, because one of the things that, that, and and the show airs here on PBS as the great British baking show, I should point that out for the American viewers. Um, It's not, clear if the Bake Off uh, if any of the popular b- Bake Off presenters will move over with uh, Mary Berry and Paul Hollywood as the judges or um, Sue Perkins and Mel uh, uh, Gierdowski I don't know how to pronounce her last name because um, they all have expressed in- des- a desire to stay with the BBC and also this isn't the first program the first big program to leave the BBC um, the, uh, ITV stole the voice, um, because I, and that one, I don't know if, how that one went, if it was America made it first and then Britain or Britain, then America, but you know, they have their version of the voice and actually will I am as a judge on the voice over there. And so that left for ITV and, uh, there's quite a bit, there's probably talks of other shows, um, other big staple shows going over there too. Um, like dragon's den would be another of the big tentpole shows and but this is an interesting and intriguing thing because i mean this could mean what What does this mean for bbc as a as a as a program as a company you know Sarah Dale.
0: well i mean bbc it has gone through various programs throughout its entire history i i don't know that this necessarily is a huge hit for them to, to lose this particular show. Um, but we are seeing, we're seeing a lot of this here is that the TV, the standard TV networks don't get the attention that they did before. And the shows that everybody is talking about are now on either basic cable channels that are further down the line, like uh, AMC, a uh, TNT or whatever or, or or FX or they're moving to Netflix, Amazon, that kind of thing, HBO. It, the People are willing to pay for the better content because we think that's where the better content hides and I don't know that anybody is bringing those types of shows or it could pull off one of those types of shows necessarily on a basic network like a CBS or an ABC and so they're they're failing because they aren't continuing to make content that people want to see the content that we want has progressed outside of what I think that they are either capable of doing or, or willing to do. And so that's where the the crux is. If BBC can keep making good quality shows that like they always have, uh, then it's not going to hurt. But if they, Suddenly, if they exhaust themselves by trying to appeal to the lowest base denominator of reality shows and, and contest shows and stuff instead, then, yeah, the contest shows that are the hits, if they walk away, then you're just yeah. going to come up with things that copy them. That's not going to mm-hmm.
1: do. And and this is where I think, honestly, why I like Bake Off as a concept is because it's not like the other reality competition shows where they get, you know, there's an actual prize, like, Oh, they won a million dollars or anything like that. You know, there's, it's really like they won. Congratulations. You won. And then it seems like nothing really happens. And, you know, we have, you know, we have British listeners out there. I'm pretty sure Daryl is. And so, Hey, let us know how wrong we are on that. Um, you know, feedback, uh, is well appreciated.
0: Now, am I wrong in in thinking that they tried to bring the show to America just recently?
1: They did. They did. Um, a, a while on back. On ABC, ago. right? Yeah, on ABC, um, Paul Hollywood was actually a judge on there. Um, it was the American Baking sh- Challenge or whatever with uh, Jeff Foxworthy, and that ended quickly because Paul Hollywood got. A little too uh, comfortable with a judge, with a fellow
0: judge. Wow, okay.
1: Um, Yeah. Does the sound of the TARDIS get you all excited? Are you a fan of the longest-running science fiction show? Then for all your news and gossip, check out Who Knew and Review. We're a podcast by Galactic Netcasts you can find us at gncasts.com slash TARDIS. Each week, we will run through a collection of stories from around the universe itself at gncasts.com slash TARDIS. So, that's it for the news. Now it's on to nerding out and... I shall go first because I shall also go last because I cheated and I have two nerding outs. I'm nerding out on two things. And the first one is I'm actually gonna stick with the BBC theme. And it is James May's The Reassembler. This airs over on the BBC on channel or on BBC four. And it's James May putting together stuff. Like the first episode was him putting together a nineteen fifty four la- or fifty eight sorry, lawnmower. Like they have it ex- like all the pieces laid out on this giant white table, and he is just putting it together. And it if it sounds boring, it 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 is, but it isn't at the same time because where you're watching a dude just put together something, and the second episode is him putting together a old uh telephone and it's also interesting because you see it's one of these shows where you see how he loves these products how he loves these things that he's putting together and how we went from and also some of the history like because he he had said something on for the episode with the lawnmower that it, it could have come across as sexist, but to counter that, he said he, he actually played a commercial for um, oh, it was about the uh, excuse me, what a lot of people say about helicopters and comparing them to women where you want to have them, but then they're really finicky or something like along those lines. And he said, and he gave, he said, and if you think that's sexist, check out this commercial from for. a a a rotor style one of the early rotor style uh lawnmowers and play it and sure enough it's light enough that even a woman could use it i'm like what wait what really that's horrible (laughs) sort of deal um but it's an it's this interesting show that it, it it's one of those it reminds me of you know it reminds me that there was a time where you had, you had the, the rotary dial phones, or you had jo- things that were made out of cast iron, you know, with stuff that we don't have now. Like everything is aluminum or aluminum, as he pronounces it, and a lot of the British people pronounce it, and, you know, just plastic and just lightweight, reusable crap, as opposed to stuff that was made to last, sort of deal. So I, I I just I love the show. I don't know. It's one of those I can't explain why. Because it doesn't. On one hand, it doesn't sound interesting. Because well, of the fact I mean, that-
0: it's 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 interesting in the way of watching episodes of this old house is interesting, yeah. or watching episodes yeah. of Bob Ross uh, painting happy little trees is interesting. <laughs> there, there, there's something there's something magical about just seeing something uh, get. Built or fixed or created out of nothing that i mean that's that's why hgtv and the cooking channel and a lot of other stations Mm -hmm. came to be is because there is something very just simple yet endearing about watching people make stuff and and i i can completely understand i i think that that's if if not every episode is going to be something that you're interested seeing built but if you're the first episode i think is about building a guitar or rebuilding a guitar uh he he does
1: build a guitar later yeah
0: yeah that that to me is like right off the bat i would love to see a guitar being built because i've play guitar i i'm very interested in seeing how this object is made and and you know what things that i can pick up about it that maybe make me appreciate the thing that i'm holding a little bit more and and the next week could be the lawnmower well, thing or whatever and maybe that's not as and, interesting to me but it's still like part of it is how entertaining is he
1: but yeah it, it's still, he's, he's entertaining himself yeah
0: yeah so i i completely understand why uh this was your pick
1: well, and, and also, I mean, it's interesting because when you think of a phone, like the, it's a, a rotary phone, it's a, it was a phone that was made in England. I, I, I can't think of the name of it, but he names all the parts, he names the number of the parts that are in there. I'm like, wait a minute, there's like 200 and some odd parts in that phone. Holy cow. Um, same thing with lawnmower. It was like 371 pieces to the lawnmower. And I'm like, holy, cow. And a lot of it was in the internal combustion engine, but still, that's like, that's a lot of parts, man, sort of thing. And it's, that's cool to see that there, that, that happens, that, that there is that, that love for the, for old things. And, you know, we're not just, eh, let's just go buy a new one. You know, it broke. Oh, oh, let's go get a new one. It's um Cora, your pick is an old tv show
0: yes so old oh the ancientness of it it's from 2010
1: oh, it, um yeah it, i thought it was older than that no is 2010 really 20, just 2010?
0: 2010 six years ago though i mean that's that's the thing is like 2010 huh. we're now we're at the end <laughs> you know the the tail end of the of the uh the 2000 not even the 2000 knots anymore, we're in the teens. Uh, that, that oh gosh, that
1: means we're going to be getting the, the VH1. I love the 2010s coming soon.
0: Oh lord, please, yes, I love those. Uh, I, I, <laughs> any, any reason to see some of those uh comedians who are never on anything else? Uh, so Hal Sparks, <laughs> I like Hal Sparks. So in 2010, I was busily watching probably the earlier seasons of justified i was maybe at the close to tail end of the shield uh, i was definitely in the audience for this for the fx network uh and there was a show that was being advertised and it has donald Logue, and i'm a i'm a donald Logue fan now it doesn't hurt that my wife likes to think that i look like donald Logue, although i don't but we have some characteristics she's not the only one who's made comparisons between me and him before and so uh, if i'm watching something with donald Logue in it she gets a little bit more affectionate towards me uh which is which is not <laughs> a bad way to live uh which is the so, only
1: reason you watched gotham as long as you did
0: uh, no it really isn't uh so because that just makes you lose respect <laughs> for everything including yourself so the show is coming out, and it's it's advertised, unfortunately, not very well. It's called Terriers, and uh, it just it the, the advertisements I remember distinctly were Donald Logue and the other lead, uh, Michael Raymond James, sitting on a porch with a dog, and it gives you nothing to really go on as to what it's about, and that's that's too bad because it undersold what is a very great show. And I've been wanting to get to this for quite a while. I, I, I've had it in my Netflix queue for a couple years, probably. And I'm, I'm surprised that it's not one of those ones that went away. And then uh, I was like, Oh damn, I missed my chance. No, they're still there. Uh, it's the creator on it is Ted Griffin. Now I don't know a lot of his stuff, but he did write an episode of the shield, but he also wrote the screenplay for Ocean's Eleven, the the remake version, so the one with Clooney and everybody. Got a very good sense of dialogue and a very good sense of character. Terriers is really the only TV show that I can see these worked on. But, so what the show is, the premise is, is uh, Donald Lokes' character, Hank Dolworth, is an ex-cop. He lost his job on the force, and lost his wife and his home and pretty much everything because he was a drunk. He was drinking on the job. Uh, he was coming home, passing out, missing things with his wife and, you know, had to get his life together. So he has gone through AA, you know, he's in recovery. He is now a private detective. He is teamed up with this guy, Britt Pollack. And Britt Pollack is a basically he's a thief, he would do breaking and enterings. He's a sort of con man kind of dude. And they have started a, a detective agency, not even an agency. It's just like, you need some help. They'll, they'll help you out for money. Uh, But it's not like it's a hugely established business. They work uh, in tandem with a lawyer that they know. She sometimes helps get some cage cases. Uh, They, Deal with Donald Loges dealing with his ex wife Gretchen as the series starts, where she's selling the home that they had together. And unbeknownst to him, she's getting married to somebody else. And he comes into some money during a case and decides to buy the house. Uh, Britt is with his girlfriend, uh, Katie, and they're on the verge of moving up to the next stage of their relationship, like maybe getting married, maybe having kids. All of this is going on while the case is starting out where uh, someone that Hank knows from you know being a drunk from uh, his recovery meetings and stuff like that comes to him and says that his daughter is in trouble and can he help him out? And they stumble into this case that is kind of the backdrop for the whole season. So the season's only thir- 13 episodes. And what the case starts at in the first couple episodes builds up to something much bigger as it goes down the road. But it's not like every episode is about that. There's obviously, there's other cases they deal with. There's other storylines that happen. But it is kind of leading into where it starts to where it finishes. You do get a payoff for it um, towards the end. And that's that's what FX shows kind of are, is that they start you out with something and they give you little lead-offs and branches going across um, but then it comes back together towards the end to to give you a satisfying conclusion to it or a build up to the next season. Uh, it's just really well done, and there was some kind of spectacular things in this. Uh, Rockman Dunbar is in this. He has been in a lot of other stuff. Uh, he plays Hank's old partner, who's still a cop, and is kind of like his in anytime they they need to talk to somebody who's still a part of it um, to, to get that police background that he's there for them. He's really fun because he's trying to quit smoking. So he's constantly chewing on what is the, uh, what you put a cigarette into a little like clip or something to, to breathe through it, like a filter almost, but it's just like an extension and he's just chewing on that instead of actually smoking throughout the whole thing. Uh, you would know him from things like he was in the last couple seasons of The Mentalist. He was on Prison Break and is going to be on the the new Prison Break series when it comes back. He was C note. Uh, he's done a lot of stuff in, in Sons of Anarchy and things. Uh, just the caliber of people in this. There was also some surprises. Uh, Donald Logue's sister shows up in this and plays his sister on the show, and she's really good. I it she's just I don't recognize her from much of anything else but she just kind of like comes into the story and she's got some mental issues. She has been in an institution for a long time. She gets explored a little bit and winds up having to go back to the institution, but she's just such a great addition to it. She's super smart. She's like a a verified genius and was in like MIT but then just kind of fell apart. But she's excellent in this. But the whole thing is really about the the, the kind of the way the case is run with Hank and Britt, um, Michael Raymond's character. And it's just so well done. And the characters feel real. They never go just like super overboard. They, they're not cartoony at all. The, the way that like emotionally you connect to them, it feels solid the whole way through uh, Hank dealing with the stuff with his ex-wife and her soon-to-be husband and how that kind of blows up in his face because he realizes that he's still in love with her, but he also realizes that he's really bad for her. Uh, the, the stuff with Britt and his girlfriend Katie and how their relationship kind of actually hit some really rough patches in this. It's just such a great program. And it's one of those things that you, you kind of, you feel bad as you're watching it because you wind up loving it more and more as you go along. And you know that it's just going to end and that's going to be it. It's it's hard to have a show that you're finding six years past when it was on and you missed the chance to see it get to come to a second season because there was nobody watching it at the time. It, it, it just, just went away. And they do at least give you an ending that I think is solid enough. It leaves things open. And I think that they knew that they weren't getting renewed at that point in time. So it leaves things open that if there was another season uh, or if there's not, it leaves you a question of, well, did it go this way or did it go this way? And it doesn't tell you, it doesn't spell it out for you, but it kind of lets you decide for yourself what way it would have been. And yeah, you can, you can go down the rabbit hole and go to IMDB or whatever and try to find people and, see if you can figure out well if they'd done a season two what would they have done uh if these characters continued into other things what where would they be now uh and that's that's the thing is you want to do that you want to know what happened to brit and you want to know what happened to hank and to the other characters in the show and i just think that it's it's so good and i've, I've talked to a couple people here and there as i said that i was watching and they're like oh yeah that's a really good show yeah and it gets really dark towards the end and it does it gets super dark. Uh but it's just all around very good and certainly at a level that I enjoyed it about the same as I probably did the first season of justified which is one of my favorite shows of all time but justified got the chance to get even better in the next couple of seasons and I just wish that this show could have too.
1: Yeah. No, it's it's one of those things that I like I had heard of it but it wasn't one of those, like, oh, I'm going to go watch it sort of things. So it's still, it's like one of those things, like, I hear people mention mention Terriers. And I'm like, eh, I'll get to it when I can. Sort of deal. Yeah. I mean, um, at
0: 13 episodes, I tried not to even like mainline it. I We watched it over a few weeks, and I watched a couple episodes here and there. But again, it's one of those things I wasn't trying specifically to watch it with Aaron, uh, but. She was in the room a lot when I would put it on, like I would throw on an episode or two before bed. It, that would be like my prime time for the week because nothing on TV is really grabbing my attention right now. I'm sitting on all the episodes of the second season of Mr. Robot at the moment, and it's not because I'm not excited about Mr. Robot, but I really kind of feel like I'm going to benefit from watching them all in a row yeah, uh, as opposed to having to wait it out like I did last season. But when I would watch
1: rubber this...
0: Rubber, yeah. yeah, when I was watching this, she, she was very encouraged by how good the show was and she would say this is this is pretty good and i'm like yeah i know and i feel bad that she wasn't there for every episode uh she may have not paid full attention to it whether that was the case or not but it's just i i do judge things like i can get into something and know that it's not the greatest program in the world but still enjoy it Uh, but when she is also going this is this is good you know this is some good tv uh, then I know that there's something more there because it's not often that the things that I like to watch and the things that she likes to watch meet up uh, and those shows that I think that can appeal to two different kinds of audiences and two different kinds of watchers uh, at the same time, it it just shows how much better that, that program is and the things that we do, it's like it's Game of Thrones. Uh, it was at a point in time, it was The Walking Dead, but I think we both got burned out about the same time um i might have been a little bit ahead of her on that but she she could just tell like for the few minutes here and there that she steps in she's like yeah this is this is compelling this is compelling tv and the actors are really good and it's just it's a it's a really solid show so 13 episodes is not a lot of time to dedicate yourself to watch this uh and wish that it had been able to stick around
1: to get more episodes. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then my last nerding out, because you know, again, I cheated and did too, um, is a comic by Jim Zub called Glitter Bomb. Now you might recognize the name Jim Zub because he did Samurai Jack for IDW. He did uh uh starts with an F over at Marvel uh I, I can't think of the name of the comic. It's a Disney oh Figment. Um he did Figment over with Marvel, he did uh, wayward he did skull kickers skull kickers is him.
0: what i know Jim up from yeah. i mean originally and he, he does the a lot of the D comics or, or the yeah. the pathfinder comics i think for yeah iw
1: yeah and you know and skull kickers is probably the one that people know him from the most and so it was certainly this, like
0: his breakout for me is that that's yeah. why i was reading first
1: no yeah exactly and so this is his latest comic from Image Comics, and it is titled "Glitter Bomb," and this is about a, a a a actress who was in um a sci-fi, um I think she was in the sci-fi. She was in a TV show when she was younger, um and you know had fame from that, and now is struggling to find work. Um, and so the first issue uh, just sort of hits on the ugliness of Hollywood because she's, you know, she's a little bit older. Um, everyone's just sort of wanting, you know, wanting something from her, you know, that that isn't quite in the industry yet. And it turns out, though, that here's and here's a twist. She's got a demon inside of her or something like that. Um, you open the book you come in with her talking with her agent and then and he and he's he's basically insulting her and she does the uh movie one-liner of well how about this and then like aliens like a scene from aliens her tongue comes out and goes through his head and like wait wait what did i just come in here on sort of and then they, they fill you in on the rest of it Um, And it's great. I love, I cannot wait for this next issue to come out. It it had me hooked. And um, the other part that I enjoy with this is the, uh, the essay in the back in the letters page. Um, It is, Oh, I cannot think of the author of the, of it, but it is written by someone who was in the, who was in the industry Um, I think sort of still is in, in the Hollywood industry, but um, she talked about her time working with a, um, when I get to it here in a second, working with a, a production company, um, Holly Rochelle Hughes is her name. And she was working with a, for a friend, she was in the industry working on a TV show and her friend was doing this uh, film. And he needed a production coordinator and he didn't want to hire a local like the, the uh, production company wanted. So she, she, he got her to sell her house, put all her stuff in storage and move out to Omaha, Nebraska for three months. And she talks about, and I don't know if he was an actor, but I think I want to say he was a producer But this dude and these, these, she doesn't name names like, you know, so-and-so, you know, first and last name. She just gives George and Alexander are the two names that she gives and basically how they treated her like shit. And I'm sitting there going, holy crap, because this is an industry that I at one point wanted to get into. You know, I wanted to get not in front of the camera, but, you know, behind the scenes doing stuff and, um the and just seeing all this or hearing reading all this stuff happen i'm like oh my gosh my heart sank a little bit as i'm hearing about this about the misogynistic ways of hollywood of, of some of these hollywood producers and it was not cool it was not not right you know they wouldn't let her on set Um, when the director did let her, or when the director, she did get on set, she was an extra, the director saw her and she's like, you get out of here, I'm throwing a bitch fit. And the crew kept her mom in as an extra to sort of pay, like help, you know, like, oh, Hey, sorry, this happened here. We're going to do you this favor sort of deal. Um, but she says that she later left the industry and it was one of her best choices to do, um, and I honestly respect that. I respect the crap out of that. Um, But the um, the the art in here is really cool. So here's an example of the art right there. And I cannot think right now of who the artist is that does it. But it's an up an, and comer. That's the cool part is it's not you know, it's not someone that Jim Zub's worked with before. It's not someone who's really been working you know, in the comic book industry yet. It's just you know young up-and-coming guy and i'm like dude this dude's awesome he needs to be working more marvel do you see get on this sort of deal um no but, fuck yeah.
0: marvel and dc don't steal him away from a book <laughs> that's the no, problem but, that yeah that happens a lot and it's like yeah. oh yeah this person just came out and they're getting a lot of attention on this little small press book uh we're gonna steal them and we're gonna shove them on some Backup Some, stories yeah. in a Civil War II shit storm somewhere, and then uh, we'll turn him into a big name over here and fuck your little indie title.
1: No, yeah, it's uh his name is uh Djibril uh Morissette Fan, uh DJ I B R I L Morissette hyphen fan. Um so yeah, I butchered his first name and I apologize for that. But this is cool. It's I'm I'm really enjoying this book. I think it's a really good read, and I think a lot of people will will enjoy it as well. Um, so yeah, that's my other nerding out. So, um, I get to talk some more because, for the discussion point, I, uh, and next week we're going to be doing, uh, Corey's top five, picks of of the fall TV movie or fall TV shows that are coming out. Um, but this week, cause I've been watching a lot of, when I get out of work, I, I, I VPN and watch a lot of, uh, British TV shows. And one of the shows that I watch is last like, oh, excuse me. And they're doing right now, they're doing their coverage of the Rio Paralympics and channel four over there. Like I mentioned them, the news with them getting uh, British bake off, but they have the rights to, uh, air the Paralympics. The BBC has the Olympics. They have the Paralympics. And this got me wondering where's been the coverage for the, for the Paralympics on over here in the States? Um, Because if you remember, you know, barely a month ago, everyone had Olympics fever. Everyone was talking about, you know, you know, Michael Phelps winning all these awards and all these medals and Ryan Lochte being a little bit of a douchebag and, so much Um, of
0: douchebag that he's on dancing with the stars because that's what you (laughs) do is you reward assholes for being fuck-ups and you put them on your reality show great job abc love you yeah
1: and um and and just stuff and stuff like that and you have him and then um you know you we hear about usain ball and all these other all these other athletes and we hear about their story and Don't get me wrong, their stories are great. I'm not knocking their stories. But the Paralympics would seem like that would be something that would be more where you'd get more interesting stories because there's one athlete on and all this from watching from The Last Leg has been there's a team Great Britain slant, which of course there is it airs in England, so there's going to be the slant there. But one of the athletes air uh was in the olympics in 2012 then something happened to where now they're a paralympian or you know there was that transition of they were in you know they were in the olympics in either 2012 or 2008 and then you know the the next olympics they're now in the paralympics sort of deal um and you hear all these stories one of how great britain is just had been dominating the first couple of days now China's sort of kicking everyone's ass because they got like 50 gold medals I think it's like what 50 30 and then 28 for gold silver and bronze. Um, and these medals also are really cool because they sh- for the blind for the blind winners, each medal has a different sound. So you sit there and you shake the gold medal and it's it makes a different noise than silver and, and silver than bronze. And I'm like, that's cool. That's something that I, I never would have thought of would have had to have been a thing, but it totally is. You know, like here, here's how the gold medal sounds. Sort <laughs> of deal. Um, and I mean, it's it, it, it honestly has me wondering, with hearing about all these people, hearing about the story of I, uh, Jody Cundy. I believe it, I believe it's Jody Cundy. Um, a British cyclist who was practicing on his Beijing leg um, raced on his London leg because his his leg that he had made for Rio wasn't able, wasn't there. It didn't get there in time. And I'm like, that's freaking awesome like he quickly had it painted and painted looked awesome. It's a peg leg because they called it his friends when he was younger called him Peggy and it had a treasure map from london to rio because he he messed up on his event in in uh in rio during the 20 or not in rio in uh london for the 2012 olympics and that was his home turf and so it's like this is this event was his redemption the 100 meter but or, or the the uh, one kilometer uh, bicycle race and stuff like that and i'm just like this is cool this is the stories that i want to see not well, I grew up, and I just decided I want to start swimming, or you know, or you know, whatever stories they they, they show. It's like these are stories here; these is people coming over adversity, and I, you know, proving and proving you know that they're at they're really top level athletes.
0: I mean, let's be honest though: if you're an Olympian, you're a top level athlete, and and let's not let's not talk down the accomplishment of being. Olympian the I'm, hard work I'm, and stuff I'm, that goes into it because I mean, it I just I know that you're not intending to do that but it it is it's one thing to say that these people are also very athletic and worked really hard and had to overcome a lot to get there but I, I don't think I don't think it's essentially a. It, it's we it's, don't need to demean
1: the one to no. uplift each other, and I no, don't I'm think not, anybody saying, involved in the Paralympics
0: would that. do that either
1: I'm not saying that but the point I think the point I'm trying to make with this is you look at the Olympics, you look at the sports that are in the Olympics, they have events every year. So the track to to, to use track here, because you have uh, Usain Bolt, fastest man, I as, as think, say the fastest man alive and all that. And then you have a, a British runner named Johnny Peacock. I swear to God, that's his name. I'm like, where? How? why do all these people have such awesome names? But uh, Usain Bolt, there are events year-round that he can train and go to 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 keep to be ready for the next Olympics. This year, he ran. Johnny Peacock ran in two races over the past six months, and I'm sitting there going, "Wait, wait, that's not. That doesn't sound right. You sounds like it sounds like you need to be, you know." And he's still training and all this other stuff, but it's like. It to me it sounds like you, there needs to be more competitions for the Paralympians to where you know it's going to be something that's more than a two-hour thing on NBCSN here in America, where it's getting coverage around the world, all over, and all that. You know, we got you know we're fourth right now in the medals. There, I don't know how we did in in for a medal contention during the Olympics, but. I mean, we're behind, or actually I think we're fifth, we're fourth or fifth, uh, but we're behind China and Great Britain and uh, I think India or something like that. And it's like, everyone got so excited and yet there's nothing here for for this one, which is, to, to me is more exciting because, yeah, there's not as many events, but to see a dude, an American, you know, you want to get pride with your own country here who trained himself how to shoot a bow and arrow yet he has no arms and he is he's more accurate than I am I'll put it to you that way and you know he sits there he's and funny as all get out you have you know with rowing you have the Zimbabwe rowing team where they practiced 2 months before the the Olympics or b- before the Paralympics one person went to there to the tryouts couldn't swim and was wearing a shower cap they came in dead last in the finals but still the camaraderie that everyone had there for this this Paralympic team, and yet no one's talking about that on Sports Center. No one's talking about that on NBCSN. It's just we had the Olympics. All right, let's go on football.
0: Sure deal. Yeah, I mean that, that's that's certainly true, and. Obviously, it comes down to advertising and being able to sell ads. the The Olympics were a big thing because that that's sells. We could ads do the for NBC
1: coat commercial five thousand times. Yeah,
0: and it's not like NBC did a great job of presenting the Olympics. That was a big complaint this year anyways. Um, so maybe I wouldn't want to see them put their hand into trying to present this. But you're right, it it does deserve to be presented. It does deserve to be talked about. Uh, these people deserve to be seen and cheered. It's just a question of, you know, who who takes the responsibility to do that? And TV is a business, and I don't know that TV as yeah, yeah. a business is looking at this and seeing this is where a business can be. But maybe if they took a chance, they'd be surprised.
1: No, yeah, exactly. Um, but I just want to bring that up because you know we needed a discussion topic and this is something that i've been watching and i've been enjoying you know not watching the events themselves but watching this coverage and hearing these is it okay questions that the the last leg does regularly but then they threw it in with with the uh with the paralympics and i'm like wait that's actually a great question Like, like i mentioned this before the show but the and it's along the lines of is it okay to to change um to to change out of your competition wear into your street wear with your blind uh female uh co or teammate in the room you know and then they're like and that was one that got the host adam hills he's like wait a minute yeah you should wait and he had to stop and think for a second as opposed to just go like he had something there but he's like wait a minute no is that right yeah and it's like and he goes Eventually, he's like, well, I would probably let them know. like, So if, if someone knocks, they're not going, come in. Oh, no, I'm not decent. No, sort of deal. And then it looks way weirder than it than it was, sort of thing. But, yeah, so all that aside, we are going to – well, we're going to wrap things up with – by letting you know that you guys can help us out here. You can go to gncast.com support, and there are two ways that you can support us first way is patreon we got we got a patreon page up there do a monthly um do do a mo- uh, monthly bill sort of thing that comes out to you and there you go set it forget it the other way probably is probably going to be the and probably in a lot of ways the easier way is there is the amazon affiliate portal you go through that anything you purchase through amazon and that time will be like a 4% of that about 4% of that will come back to galactic netcast to help keep the ship afloat, to help, uh, to help Dave pay for hosting. And, you know, with uh, the audio stuff, with the website, with um you know, if we make, if we start making some money, then we can start promoting and stuff like that. And that's ultimately the goal. It's yeah. not so we can make money so where we can quit our jobs. Trust me, I would love that, but it's mainly, Let's keep what we're doing. Let's keep us to be able to do what we're doing still sort of, it's of deal here. And you can leave us feedback by sending us a voicemail at 805-326-3966, or by sending us mail at eltsnerds.com. That's our email address. You can still send it to mail at else I and believe it's 809,
0: comments. 805-328-3966.
1: Yes, if I messed that up, I apologize. Yeah, it's all right. Um, and all of our subscription options and links can be found under uh gncasts.com slash subscribe. You can find our Facebook page at GNCasts. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, other shows at Elznerds, or following the network at Galactic Netcasts. Um, our producers, beatmaster80 at mr underscore fusion. I'm at that Gregor. Corey, you can find him and all of his all of his comic books or his comic stuff including the one that he does with Levi Krauss is all at Don't Ask Comics. Hint, hint, cheap plug for Levi, who is hopefully still watching. <laughs> um, but yeah, all that being said, or the only thing that's left to say is this has been a Don't Tell Glenn production. We'll see you guys next time.
0: Or something other than seeing you next time.
1: Or we won't. Who cares? <laughs>